Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am the host. Last week, it was my husband and I's wedding anniversary, our sixth year wedding anniversary. How time flies. And so it prompted me to flick through our wedding album, just reminiscing on that incredible day, you know, just thinking back to those great memories. And as I was flicking through the pages, I noticed that of the guests that came for our great celebration, they fell into three categories of people. The first category of people were those that had remained constant in our lives through very purposeful and intentional building of our friendships and relationships, you know, and that was mutual on both sides, both parties making an effort to build and maintain relationship. The second category of people were those that we had just kind of drifted away from. You know, there's no real explanation for it. There was no conflict. There was no argument or anything. It's just that we just hadn't been intentional. We hadn't kept in touch. We hadn't made a conscious effort to build our friendships. And the last group of people were those that, you know, for whatever reason, friendships had ended, you know, maybe they'd moved away or in some instances, unfortunately passed away or ending of friendships, just closing of a chapter. And I was, I was flicking through those pages. The group that I really had a huge issue with the most was group number two. Those people that we had just kind of drifted away from. I felt a huge sense of guilt and shame as I saw their faces because these are people I really love. But just unfortunately, I just hadn't put in the effort. Both sides of the table, to be fair, hadn't put in the effort. We'd failed to be intentional about building our friendship. And I think this is very symbolic for our family businesses. I think our family businesses, when we look back in a generation, I think we'll see that they fall into three categories. The first category will be those where the stakeholders of the family business are purposeful and intentional about building legacy businesses, where we'll see that their actions match their desires, where they put the time, the energy, the money, and their identity into seeing family businesses crossing generational bridge. The second category is where we'll see Stakeholders of a family business, they really want it. They want this legacy business, but they're not being intentional. You know, reflecting back, we'll see that they were not intentional about it. They left things to drift. And looking back, they weren't sure whether the actions that they put in were in alignment with building a legacy business. And I think the third category of family businesses will be those that actually decided, you know what, we don't want a multi-generational business. This is not in alignment with what we want. And as such, looking back, we'll see that their efforts did not reflect that desire. Again, my heart goes out to group number two. Something around today. <laughs> Life can be this trap where we focus on the urgent 
are not necessarily the important. Where our inner hearts and desires are not congruent with our outer actions. And where years later, we look back and we're just like, we kind of drifted off course from where we really want to be. As family businesses, I think we have to be extremely intentional about working on our businesses and not just in our businesses. And part of working on our businesses entails looking at succession planning. It's hard. (laughs) I know the very thoughts of talking about death with the family, thinking about death is quite eerie, especially as Africans where it's taboo to talk about death. It's like, are you trying to evoke it upon somebody? Like, you know, but the truth is death is certain, right? And ignoring its eventuality will definitely not help matters. Or you may say, surely bringing up this heavy, weighty topic, (laughs) it has to be done by the head of the household or the oldest male, or the most powerful? I would say not necessarily. If it's heavy on your mind, and you are worried about what the future holds for the family, the business, and the wealth, then you can take the lead. It just takes finding courage to have difficult conversations with your family members. It's uncomfortable. Yes. It leaves you feeling quite uncertain. Yes but it's courageous. And as a side note, I think society often enthrones heroism, right? And we often wrongly define what courage is. Back to my girl, Brene Brown. She's my girl. (laughs) This is a whole quote from Brene. She says that courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. I've said this a couple of times on this podcast. You know, I love my girl, Brene. And so over time, the definition has changed. And today we typically associate courage with heroic and brave deeds. Brene says this definition fails to recognize the inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences, good and bad. Speaking from our hearts is what Brene thinks of as ordinary courage. Ordinary courage. Speaking up about our concerns takes inner strength and commitment. That is ordinary courage. It can open up a whole can of worms, right? forcing the family to address age-old issues that we just keep sweeping under the carpets and, you know, you know, twiddling our fingers like, don't want to think about that. No one wants to address it, but we really need to. We'll all be better for it. And I think it's important to realize that you're not doing this just for you. There's a lot at stake here, right? The family's well-being, generations of a family to come, the business and its many employees and their families, the communities that the business serves and supports. And of course, you benefit, right? Your peace of mind. So it's important to quieten any contrary thoughts that may be suggesting to you that you're doing this for selfish reasons, you know, or 
you know, you, you're trying to overthrow the reigning king or that you're looking forward to the death of family members. Those thoughts don't serve you. So we need to reframe those thoughts. No, you're doing this because you care about the well-being and the welfare of your family. You're doing this because you seek to continue the family's legacy. You're doing this because you, con- you seek to continue to be a solution bringer to communities that so desperately need solutions. I've been on the other side of this where I've seen families that have failed to plan, right? To fail to put in place succession planning of their businesses and wealth. And I've seen loved ones that have fallen victim to this. Like, for instance, incapacitation of the founder of a business or death of the founder of the business. I've said several times on this podcast that a friend of mine, she lost her dad whilst he was quite young. He was in his 50s. And not long after his death, the business completely fell apart. The wealth completely fell apart. So a temporary uncomfortable conversation about death, it could have completely circumvented a lifetime of anxiety, a lifetime of loss of financial security. So this is important. You can do this. But before I go into the how, I just want to clear up some common myths or like wrongly held beliefs that people have about this whole world of succession planning in family businesses. So the first debunk is... Anybody can bring up this topic, not just those in the business, not just the leader of the family. I think it just takes some tact, and I'll speak about how we can speak with tact a little bit later. The second one is succession planning is not just about who is going to be the next CEO of the business, right? So succession planning actually is also about the ownership. Who will be the next owners? How will the shares of the business and the assets move to the next generation? Will will this be through like a will, trusts, foundation? Or will we say the next gen have to buy the shares of the company and the assets and things like that? Who will be the new owners? Will this be shared equally between all the next gens? Or will it be those that we believe merit it? These are the types of conversations we need to start having, right? And succession planning also is about who's going to be the leader of the family. You know, we might say it's the oldest male, or we might say it's the oldest child, or we might say we nominate this person. It's really up to us. So there are many dimensions to this conversation on succession planning. The third debunk, succession planning is not transactional. It's not documentation. It is relational. So it's not just about signing a document. It is about managing relationships. It's not just one conversation. It's a series of conversations to be had. It takes resources, not just money. It takes time, emotions, energy, and money. I think money is probably the least emotion, least important emotion. The others, time, emotions, energy, that takes some work. So on to the how. How can we bring up this super duper awkward conversation? You know, we've agreed it's important and that you will do this. <laughs> so the how, think in terms of body parts. What do you mean? Let me explain. Eyes, 
paint the vision of where we are all heading in the family, why it is important to gain the buy-in of all the family members. So don't go in all with your head, right? But go in with your heart. What do I mean? There's a concept of loss aversion in behavioral economics. So where we'll say that human beings tend to prefer to avoid losses than to acquire equivalent gains, right? So it can be tempting to call a family meeting and start speaking about how much the family stands to lose by not starting a succession planning process because when mom or dad dies, then everything is at risk. I will not recommend that. I would recommend leading with the heart and painting a vision of where we're all heading to really get buy-in of everybody. Because our next body part is... Ta-da! Heart. <laughs> Speak from a place of empathy. So don't become a fear-based marketer, but rather become a hope marketer. And in being a hope marketer, that's not to say that you're hiding the truth, right? Or you're lying, but it's just that you're sensitive in how you present the truth. You're empathetic. So that also means that you recognize that no one likes to acknowledge their own mortality, right? It might be easy if you're a next gen to talk about mom or dad's death, but it may be a horrible, scary place for them who still feel like they're in their prime. They love the family business like it's a child. They're still in control of what's going on in the family and they may be having issues about their own death. They may be scared. So put yourself in their shoes and operate from a place of empathy. Next body part is ears. My mom always says that we have doubled the number of ears we have compared to the number of mouths we have, right? So double up on your listening, right? And listen not just to respond. And that entails listening to the spoken and unspoken. Observing those that don't speak at all. <laughs> you know, listening to those that do speak, what they are saying and what they're not saying. Listening with your physical ears and listening with your heart. Discerning, right? So looking at body language. And for us women, using our women's senses, it works. Don't listen to the men. Women's senses, it works. <laughs> so observe, literally, and through your heart. The next body part is mouth. Your choice of language will make all the difference. You know, quite often we might do the right things, but we do them in the wrong way. And unfortunately, it's still wrong. So we have to be very tactful. So maybe instead of talking about mom or dad dying, let's talk about family. How can we carry on and strengthen the family's legacy when mom or dad transition? that will evoke a completely different response. Two more body parts for extremely briefly. Head, assume the mind of a future owner, not a present observer. Because quite often as next gen, you're used to elder gen taking decisions, but you're going to be an owner of the business or the wealth. 
And ownership requires a completely different mindset. Lastly, hands. Don't do this alone. Do it in conjunction with perhaps your siblings. Hold each other's hands. Have a conversation with your siblings prior to convening a family meeting. Agree on your strategy. Agree on what you will cover. Unpack what your nervousness are individually towards this whole process. It will really help you. So be patient. It is a process. It is a process. It's a journey. And if you need some guidance and you want to talk through this personally, individually, you can email me on na at nikkeanani.com. So thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye.